When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. We're going to get over to Trey Wingo in the US, uh, US sports broadcaster extraordinaire who's uh, enjoying his Friday night and imp- interrupting it is us. I dare say buffalo wings and, uh, and beer. Side by his side right now as he chats to us. Trey, am I far off the mark in that regard? Uh, not too far. More like tacos and tequila, but uh, oh. we're, we're still with the same thing. It's okay. A, yeah. It's a Friday night here, Adam and Nick, and we're enjoying ourselves. Mate, you've just summed up my experience in about eight hours' time, I think. I think you've uh, made my mind up for what I'll be doing because <laughs> it's a little ridiculous to be doing that stuff at uh, 10 a.m., but it has been done. Hey, uh, mate, you're a big golf fan, obviously. Give us your impression of, of what the hell's going on with Live Golf. We've got the St. Jude Championship happening now, the FedEx. Cam Smith's three off the lead. He's rumoured to be going. How are you feeling about it as a big golf fan, about how it's all panning out at the moment, this divide in men's professional golf? Well, listen, it's not great. I mean, let's just be honest about that because at, at no matter who goes where and who does what and what appeal judge rules one way or the other, at the end of the day, the sport is being fractured. And the best and the best are going to be in two different situations. And I, I think that's the hardest part. Look, I, I, I don't I, – I can't – come down on anybody for making choices that they make based on a lot of factors. But at the end of the day, um, the the two parties, and and this is more on the PGA tour than it is on live. They need to find a way to find an uneasy piece because an uneasy piece is always better than all out war. And, And that's sort of where the PGA tours stance has been. Um, as soon as this thing was announced, they felt like they had some sort of moral high ground, which, to be clear, they do not. They don't have a moral high ground. Their, their biggest concern is about uh, competitiveness, not a moralistic high ground, because uh, they take a lot of money from a lot of different places that you might think is a little shady. Um, but the, the, the main thing that bothers me is, there, there was a time when the best players in the world, for the majority of them, would be in one place competing at the highest level. And the live golf experiment has, has taken that and basically split it down the middle. There's no denying when you get someone like a Brooks Kepka or a Bryson DeChambeau or an Abraham Answer, a young player on tour, or a Cameron Wolf who's already won. But the first time he won on the PGA Tour, he wasn't old enough to celebrate with a beer. I mean, that's how young he was when he won on tour. And now you have someone like Cameron Smith, who arguably has been the player of the year on the PGA Tour, starting with his winning Papalu in the Players' Championship and now the Open Championship. Um, you know, that, that's, that's, a heavy, that's a heavy loss if he goes, and I believe he's going to. Uh, so the golf in general suffers because of this, and that bothers me. 
But I have to say that some of the things that the PGA Tour has enacted because of the live golf are going to be better for the game. I mean, once once they realized that it was a real institutional threat that they couldn't sort of shout down and, and wag their finger at, lo and behold, amazingly, the PGA Tour found $54 more million to give the players over eight events and mm. you know, created a shorter schedule, which is some of the things the PGA Tour players were looking for, and created a silly season where the top 50 players in the world will play in these no-cut uh, international events and guaranteed to make money. So on some level, Live Golf has, has made the PGA Tour realize they need to change the way they do business. But at the end of the day, they've got to find a way to work together. Otherwise, this whole thing sucks. Trey, which side do you think brings the peace pipe to the party? <laughs> like, what's the, what's gonna, I think it's going to be the PGA Tour, and, and I'm not sure where the, the line is going to be drawn for them, which player it's going to be, if it's going to be an amount of these good players or if it's one or two, if it's Rory, if it's someone like that, that when they jump over, the, the PGA Tour is going to go, hang on, we're doing all these things, but we're going to have to you know, go over there and try and, as you said, find a, a happy medium. Well, listen, if Rory goes, the PGA Tour is completely blanking effed. I mean, he's been the voice <laughs> of the PGA Tour through all of this. When he won in the Canadian Open, he said it was, my, I think, my 21st win on tour, whatever it was, mm. one more than a certain someone, Greg Norman. You know, So if they, if they lose Roy, Roy McIlroy, the PGA Tour might as well just fold up tents and go home. So I don't think it'll be Rory. But I think they need to realize, like the live golf people have been really smart about one thing, okay? They have been from the beginning, hey, we've never said you can't play our tour and, and play their tour. Yep. You know, you can do whatever you want. You can play these events. You can play those events. It's not a thing. And that puts a lot of pressure on the PGA Tour. But realistically, if you're going to, if you're going to play, say, uh, 10 events on the, on the Live Golf Tour and try and play 10 events on the PGA Tour and then the four majors, uh, that's, that's 24 events a year. Uh, can people make that work? I don't know. But the, the thing that will break the PGA Tour is if the, the four majors, of which they have no control, let's be clear, there's not a single major that the PGA Tour has control over. You know, the RNA holds the Open Championship. Uh, you know, the PGA of America, not the PGA Tour, runs the PGA. The Masters, they're their own entity. The USGA runs the US Open. As long as those events will be open to live golf players, the PGA Tour's uh, power is non-existent. Now, they may have won the lawsuit uh, from three players, uh, you know, not, not letting those two, three players play in the, the FedEx Cup championships. But at the end of the day, if we're honest about it, no one really cares about the FedEx Cup championship. They care about majors. Like hmm. uh, my, my old colleague at, at ESPN once wrote a long time ago, he said, there's, play, there's the tournaments you play for money, and then there's the four majors. And as long as these guys can play in the four majors – and accrue official world golf rankings points, then nothing's going to change. But if for whatever reason, the masters who have threatened a lot of stuff, by the way, and haven't come through on any of it yet. If, if Augusta national or the USGA say, you know, barring current exemptions or not allowing anybody else to compete in these events, then that creates a problem for the live. But if they don't do that, it's a massive problem for the PGA Tour, and they're going to realize that sooner rather than later, hopefully. To uh, basketball, Trey, I'm intrigued by this. So one of the best players of a generation, he, he basically carried 
Team USA to a, a gold medal at last year's Olympics. Kevin Durant, um, fantastic player when he's when he's fit and able. He <laughs> he has basically told Brooklyn Nets, "I want out of here unless you get rid of the coach and the general manager." So I don't know if he wants to be the coach and the general manager <laughs> and the star player as well. I'm not sure if he's going to take it that far. But how the hell is this all going to play out? Well, you know, I I gotta say, like if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you have every right to be like, just extremely pissed. And I know that means a different thing in Australia than it does here. Uh, but very angry, not not yeah. bottom on the drunk. Not not me in eight uh, hours, at, yeah. At Kevin Durant. <laughs> exactly. Not you in eight hours with your tacos and tequila. Exactly. Um, I mean, they basically bent over backwards. Kevin, whatever you want, you know, you tore your Achilles. You won't be ready for a year. No problem. We're with you. We're, we're giving you a max contract. Oh, you want to bring in Kyrie Irving, which turned out to be a disaster? Nope, no problem. We'll do that for you. Oh, wait, you want James Harden too? Oh, Kevin, you want that? We'll absolutely take care of that for you. And then they have one bad season, and Kevin says, yo, I'm pale and I'm out. I mean, that's, that's kind of BS, if you don't mind me saying so, or bullshit is what it really is. And, and, and he's not getting enough heat for that. So, listen, Kevin Durant is, a, is, a, is a, as you said, a generational player, arguably the best in the game right now. But at some point – you have to say, what is it worth? Like, they, yeah. they bent over backwards for him to do everything he wanted, and then as soon as things went a little bit sour, he basically, to use a term we use in this country, he took his ball and went home like a little baby. And I, I just I, – I think that people are going to look at that. Now, look, the talent will absolutely outweigh everything else. It's like any, it's like any other situation in any other sport where you see all the off-the-field or, or – behind-the-scenes stuff that drive you crazy, but you see the talent, you're like, well, I can make it work here. So someone's going to do it, whether it's Boston or somebody else. But if you really look at how he's treated the Nets organization, it's legitimately shameful. I agree. Absolutely agree. Trey, the NFL, uh, preseason games are starting. Did the, did the most winningest team in uh, preseason history win again yesterday? They did. The Baltimore Ravens <laughs> won their did. 21st straight preseason game, <laughs> which means, wait for it, absolutely nothing. Okay? <laughs> like, I love these people that get all excited, and I always try to tell people, calm down when you're looking at preseason yeah. games. Like, a preseason game is to an NFL game what a tofu burger is to a Wagyu beef burger. <laughs> Technically, they're both burgers, but they could not be more different, okay? <laughs> like, I remember last year – where everybody was freaking, oh, Justin Fields in Chicago, amazing. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for the Jaguars, incredible. Zach Wilson, number two overall for the Jets, massively awesome. Trey Lance, third overall to San Francisco, dynasty, baby. And they all sucked, okay? They all sucked. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely did. Which, which is not to say they won't be good down the road, but what you see in a preseason game Ain't nothing like what you're going to see in an NFL game. So when I see people going nuts in preseason, I'm like, cool. We'll see how it translates. I've seen a lot of preseason warriors turn out to be regular season duds. So I, I take the Zen philosopher approach to preseason games. I'm like, we'll see. Is it good? I don't know. We'll see. For example, the Ravens, you mentioned, 21 straight wins. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Now, granted, they were beset by injuries, but that's part of it. The Detroit Lions in 2008 went 4-0 in preseason and then proceeded to lose every single game in the regular <laughs> season. They went 0-16. So I take zero stock in results 
of preseason football games. I look at individual performances and see how that may transfer into the regular season. But if you're asking me to crown somebody based on their preseason schedule, I'm, you might as well just go take 52 cards and throw them up in the air and pick one and hope you're right. Yeah, it, talking the preseason, yeah, probably, yeah, not a lot. But the offseason was one of the, the craziest in, in recent times in the NFL. Who were the big winners and losers of NFL offseason, trades, drafts, and who, who early predictions? Everyone's going to look, Tom's back again, but uh, who are your early predictions for the NFL season? Well, Tom's back again, but he's not there right now. I mean, he's, he's basically gave him a two-week vacation for personal reasons, and I don't know what those personal reasons are, but it's, it's a really weird scenario where Tom Brady, uh, you know, basically has just negotiated a situation where he's leaving the team until August 20th, right in the middle of training camp. And, uh, you know, the beauty of it is whenever you have the hammer, you should swing it in negotiations, and clearly he had the hammer, and he was able to extract this uh, for his schedule. So – um, he'll be back eventually. I, look, the offseason was crazy. We had more quarterback movement than we've ever seen. Russell Wilson goes to Denver from Seattle. Uh, you have so many, the Deshaun Watson thing, which is going to be yeah. ugly very soon because I don't think you'll see the field at all this year when it's all said and done. Um, the winners were the, were the teams that went out and got big players. But at the end of the day, like my old friend Teddy Bruschi, who played for the Patriots for years, used to say, it's one thing to acquire good players. It's another thing to turn them into a good team. And the team part of it is really, really important. It's the only sport where every position matters. Like, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. Like, that's just the simple thing. If you don't have a quarterback, you have no chance. But if you can't block for that quarterback, or you don't have wide receivers that can catch for that quarterback, or if you don't have a defense that can stop the opposing quarterback, the success or the, uh, the ability of that quarterback to impact games is limited massively. So, Look, Tyreek Hill obviously going to Miami for Tua sounds great. Tua is really bad on deep throws, which is exactly what Tyreek Hill does. So I'm going to be in a wait-and-see mode there. Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders. Uh, I really like that move because Carr and and Devontae Adams went to college together in Fresno State, so there's a history there that they know understand what they're doing. And they bring in Chandler Jones to pair with Max Crosby off the edge. That sounds good. We'll see how it plays out. At the end of the day, the Chiefs have won that division six straight times, and they're undefeated with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback in road division games. They're 13-0. So until somebody knocks off the Chiefs in a road game in the AFC West, I I used to work in Missouri, which was called the show-me state. So you've got to show me at some point that you can do these things until I'm willing to believe it. Trey? We'll leave it there, mate. Thank you for the comprehensive uh, roundup. I think the tequila and tacos really fueled a bit of uh, information there. And it's uh, at the end of the week there, you got a bit off your chest and it was enjoyable to listen to, mate. So thank you for joining us and uh, I look forward to replicating your deeds in a few hours' time. You got it, guys. Anytime. Always good to talk to my friends in Australia. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.